Contact the show at any time. Generic live show at gmail.com. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. Unmuting my microphone would help with that. It's our turn of the program. Thanks for joining us. It's Dale Campbell here with you on a Sunday. It's good to be here as per always. Well, that first hour of the program, really good. <laughs> I always like to make hour two jealous of hour one. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun little rivalry that I have with myself. Quite sad, actually. But anyway, uh, but we have breaking news for you, ladies and gentlemen. You weren't coming to this show for breaking news, you know. But we are your source of breaking news now. So here's. Breaking news. Urgent national recall and product withdrawal of popular children's yogurt pouches over fears kids could choke on lids. We went into full details about this last hour. So we're not going to go into too much details about this this hour because, quite frankly, A, we're running a little bit behind on where we need to be, but... We we did go in full detail looking at all aspects of this from the yogurt producing companies, the the retailers, the distribution channels, and I got all marketing all up in in this beeswax. So it was it was really uh, really fun, uh, really fun uh, uh, to kind of break down different elements of the story that you know you wouldn't necessarily break down. So. There you go. Uh, Paramount Australia has recalled Calcium Woolworths and Aldi Brooklier yogurt pouch kids pouches sold at various retailers with the lid prone to dislodging once opening. Quote, the centre top cap may be dislodged uh, upon reapplication of the cap after initial use, the New South Wales Food Authority says. However, or furthermore, probably is a better word for that, but... Mm, I'm not. I'm not an English student. So there you go. Uh, furthermore, uh, Kelsey Yum, a statement from Kelsey Yum, an off-brand from Paul's uh, distribution, milk distribution, says this recall is related to packaging only, not the yogurt itself. When caps, are, uh, some caps, when used to reseal the patch of it, are failing, uh, said the statement from Kelsey Yum earlier this week. So yet another recall on kids. Uh, yogurt is the two days before this has deemed uh, packaging was deemed hazardous as Tamar Valley yogurt kids yogurt pouches were subject to recall as well. So kids yogurt really just really having a having a big old tough time with uh, with uh, with you know. Having, yeah, having a tough time trying to make it through. Uh, last hour, again, like I said, last hour I went into full, full detail about this. But one thing I will bring up in this hour is I like to say the story and say what's next. So what's next with trying to get uh, this back in in normal routine again is you would think to quickly come up with an alternative solution as opposed from the normal bottle caps if that makes sense to try and instead of having a detachable lid on these kids yogurts have going to a kind of uh, kind of a seal within the pouch solution but again like I said last hour if you squeeze the pouch too hard the yogurt flies everywhere and then you have people complaining that half of their yogurt is gone on the floor and you know you don't really want your kids looking up but and you know, looking up yogurt off the kitchen floor because that's shouldn't be a thing that anyone does ever but hey you know it is what that is but if you if you do have any of these yogurts uh, important to mention if you do have any of these yogurts uh, in your house uh, do remember, uh, you you can 
return them back to your local retailer for full refund as well. I believe that is the 70 gram pouches uh, in the Healthy Yum range uh, and the Woolworths range. And I think it's all Audi Brooklier yogurts as far as, as far as I'm seeing. Oh, hey there, fancy dog wings. How you doing? Welcome. Uh, welcome there. And anyone else who may be listening who is too shy to jump in. Uh, but feel free to jump in at the at the uh, at the show here. Oh, I didn't put the Dale. You're slipping. Uh, I'm not from England. I'm from Australia. I'm an Aussie. Uh, that's the link to the article. But uh, yeah, I'm Australian. What about you, fancy dog wings? I like talking to the listeners. It's a nice little intimate setting. Uh, like I said last week, this. Uh, this story, uh, this this show is designed to be like a lounge, and you can pop in and out when you like. It's an all Hotel California. It's it's a it's a jazz news lounge or a uh, or, or a uh, uh, or a uh, <laughs> a a jazz lounge or a Hotel California, whichever whichever one you like. Uh, but no, welcome. Oh, South African fancy dong wings, very cool, very cool. Well, hope you're, uh, hope you're enjoying. I uh, hope you are. Uh, hope you're enjoying the generic live show, and uh, hope you stick around because. Uh, <laughs> not sure how this works. Well, neither do I. So you know, <laughs> you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Uh, but how am I doing? That's the big thing. But anyway, so uh, like I said, you know, on uh, that—that's uh, where was I with this story? Uh, but that the thing is, like, what a choking hazard from the lids. That's it's very it's very interesting uh, about how uh, some of the <laughs> just clicked it. Nice, uh, nice. Well, thanks for the follow, Fancy Dog Wings. Uh, very cool, very cool, very, very cool. Uh, but, oh, oh, I can ask you this, Fancy Dog Wings. Uh, do you like the movie The Lion King? A bit, I'm a bit confused what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Fancy Dog Wings, that's the thing about this show, is if you've come in late into a story, uh, you might not get the get the full thing about that was uh, where was the link uh, I'll get uh, I'll get the link for you uh, but uh, basically uh, how yogurt pouches were on recall about uh, last story uh, it would help if I actually post the link anyway uh, about how yogurt pouches lids were choking kids. Uh, but anyway, Lion King. <laughs> uh, yes, the old Lion King. The original... Uh, the original Lion King. Yeah, I know. This show going from the lion, from that to this. But anyway. <laughs> no worry, I'm listening. No, that's fine. Again, comes in... Comes, comes in... Comes in drabs. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, the 1994... Critically acclaimed uh, Lion King. <laughs> Fancy dog went, oh, So, fine then, about the, about the yogurt lids. But anyway. Uh, but no, this... Uh, so, the Lion King. Wow, Dale, talk, words. <laughs> uh, the Lion King. The director and producer of Disney's 1994 critically acclaimed... Adapted film *The Lion King* revealed in an interview that Musafa and Scar are not brothers. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert! <laughs> Should have said that beforehand. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. Spoiler alert! I should put in the chat. Spoiler alert for the delay. No. Uh, yeah, they're not brothers. 
What? It's a plot twist at a half out of ten. Uh, so then, then Dad recently revealed. <laughs> um, uh, so 1994, The Lion's King, the movie's director, Rob Minkoff, and producer John Hahan told Hello Giggles. <laughs> the name, the name alone, the, the name alone, that's, that's very... That made that made me giggle. Uh, let alone let alone anything else of what they've said. Uh, Hello, giggles in an interview with that two lines are not brothers, because that is not how pride operates. Huh. Okay. Musafa, the king of Pride Lands, was killed by Scar in the movie, so he could claim the title. Huh. That's actually fair. Uh, that's actually true. Uh, while making quote while making the movie, we talked about the fact that it was very likely that Scar and Musafa uh, were not ha have both the same parents. Han told Hello Giggles. <laughs> what? Why am I? Why am I reading a source that says? Hello giggles, but anyway, uh, quote the lions Operate in the wild when the male lion gets old another rogue lion comes and kills the head of the pride Th What that does is cause the female lions to go into heat to reproduce and Then the younger lions kill the king and then he kills all the babies uh, Now he's the new lion that is running the pride. There you go. Uh, there is always this thing about, well, you do have these two male lions, Pan said. Occasionally, there are prides that do have two male lions in an interesting dynamic because they are not equals since they do not have the same parents. Okay, so it's a, it's a social kind of standing level. If that makes sense. I don't know. We'll move on. Uh, one lion will always be kind of off in the shadows while trying to use both animal truths to underpin the story. So we figured Scar Musafa could really be from the same gene pool. Huh. Uh, the movie does hint at the Scar and Musafa are not directly related as brothers, but it doesn't just straight out say that. Uh, during the movie, Scar told Musafa that I am the shadow at the end of the gene pool when it's confronted about adolescence and Simba's correlation, and Musafa's son Simba's correlation. Uh, it is not clear if the subject was brought up in the forthcoming Lion King live-action remake. Wait, there's a live-action Lion King remake? It's like a brother from another mother says killer killer kiwi. Yes. Yes. Light of the night. It's like it's a brother from another mother. Yes. Yes, it's like it's like it's a mother from another mother. Well, well played. Well, well played. Uh, it, uh, nah, we are the commercial after that. That is, that takes the that takes the cake. It's like a mother from another mother. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, a different gene pool, even too. So it's not like it definitely is another mother. Uh, <laughs> As we continue, according to Hello Giggles, so which is totally legit thing, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to read the next headline. Stop. Uh, as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. Well, if you're a fan of wine, then we have news for you. Particularly based off that 
particularly based off that last <laughs> that last little bit. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell we're with you. We're doing it for Geekio. Thanks for joining us. It's ten twenty one. found the most generic live show this is the generic live show thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a sunday it's dale campbell here with you we're doing it for geeko thanks for joining us it's a pleasure as per always uh and hey if you miss any of the generic live show shenanigans you can catch us uh, you can catch the video version of the show on YouTube at youtube.com slash generic live show, or you can catch up on the podcasts wherever fine podcasts are served on a silver platter or a bronze platter. It doesn't, I'm not, I'm not platterist, uh, if, if that's a, if that's a thing, uh, which it is now, uh, use silver platter, gold platter, it's gold platter, uh, it's, uh, you can, yeah, yeah. You don't have to judge platters, but hey. Uh, how about we don't autoplay a commercial on the generic live show? Hey! Anyone else have that on their bingo cards? There, there you go. Anyway, uh, are you a fan of wine? You know, the alcoholic beverage called wine. Gee, so many different topics on this show today. We go from... We go from talking about... Talking about... Uh, uh, talking about childbirth and and a national recall on on kids yogurts, but now we can talk about wine. So many different stories on the show. You never know what you're going to get next. Uh, but have you ever pondered to yourself why does wine taste better when it costs more? Does the does the bottom line of wine? have anything to do with its taste. In 2015, scientists confirmed what all but most serious wine drinkers have long suspected. Uh, that bottle of vino will taste better if you think it costs more. Now in a study, new study rather, well, published in Scientific Reports, as reported on by Hello Giggles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hello Giggles is a real site, people. I, I, Hello Giggles. If someone from Hello Giggles wants to reach out and give me stories to talk about on the show, I'll gladly talk about them. Uh, all day long, even. The whole day of it. Uh, scientific reports. Researchers say that they pinpointed the exact mechanism by which this marketing plebiscite effect happens. Oh, more marketing. Ooh. So there you go. Researchers at the business school Instead, Inseed rather, and the University of Bonn in Germany asked 30 people to taste samples of three different wines whilst lying in an MR lying in an MRI scanner. What? Okay. That's a bizarre study, but anyway. Each person received 108 tiny samples, each of 1.25 milliliters each, less than one glass of wine total over 90 minutes. Man, that is a long time to be sipping on a glass of wine. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, before each taste test, everyone was told how much wine suspectedly cost. Either 3, 6, or 18 euros a bottle. In reality, each of the three wines were identical and came from a bottle of red that retailed for 12 euros, which is about $14. Huh. Okay. That's interesting, actually. People tended to rate the samples that were told were more expensive as better tasting. That is true regardless of what you had to quote unquote pay for the samples or not. During taste tests, people had a fraction of wine started at a price deducted from the monetary credit they'd received at the start of the study. Huh. Okay. 
So the more the more samples you had, the less money you got from the survey, which yeah, that's actually that's actually not that bad of a deal. But anyway, because you're getting wine out of the out of the deal, uh, not over ninety minutes. By the way, you can't get drunk off that. Uh, but the, this marketing play effect has its limits. To most people, a very low quality but high priced wine still won't taste good as a high quality, low priced one. Yeah. Researchers have also shown that people with more volume in areas of the brain that control sensory perception are less likely to rate something higher just because it costs more. Huh. Okay. Uh, presumably they would adopt tasting uh, for themselves whether it is good or not. That's, yeah, well, it has to be good. Otherwise, that's a whole other factor as opposed to the cost. But the 2015 study also showed that people with greater volume in the brain regions associated with the reward-seeking behavior were more susceptible to the placebo effect of higher prices. In the new research, MRS scans revealed exactly in which brain regions became more active when people were told the samples cost more. Huh. There you go. Quote, participants might recruit this brain region when reflecting on the external information from one price cue and their subjective beliefs and memories about how expensive and less expensive wine should taste, the authors wrote in their paper. Another region, the vectoral, spec the vectoral spectrum, is a part of the brain's reward motiv and motivation system. Together, activation in these areas can help explain how higher prices trick the brain into forming higher expectations. Which, welcome to Marketing 101, by the way, and uh, perceived value and actual value is is a whole set. It's a whole marketing course, actually. Uh, customer, uh, consumer behavior is a whole thing on its own. Uh, on the other hand, knowing the cost of something can always have its advantages, though. Our findings show that a high price tag within a range of acceptable qualities makes you happier, he says, so you get what you pay for. But also, you can't tell me, okay, um, as a person who tried, um, who tried goon slash box wine the other day, you can't tell me that the more expensive the box wine the better quality it is. That's not how that works. Uh, but you're sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure all the box wines though are at a, at a, at a similar price. So th there's no real price fluctuation there. So uh, there is a 1 minute 29 video. I'm Coinage. playing it. Life well spent. Presented by Geico. Presented Known by Geico. Sweet yet buttery taste, Chardonnay is the most popular wine in the U.S., accounting for 21% of table wine purchased for restaurants. Simple to grow, Chardonnay grapes dominate over 97,000 acres in California. If the wine is so popular, then how can some bottles be so expensive? Location of where the wine is produced plays a major role in the price. If the wine comes from a top quality wine region, such as the Dijon area of France, there will be only a few bottles produced per year. Better soil grows better grapes, which By the way, on the on the video that I, I'm not sharing because I, I, uh, is that it says, you know, Dijon, like the mustard. We'll move on. Makes a region sought after. Another factor is whether the winemaker is buying or planting their grapes. In California's Napa Valley, it costs $6,000 per acre to plant vines. Most winemakers purchase grapes from other vineyards to reduce production costs. But depending on the grape, producers will still spend between $1,000 and $2,500 per ton of Chardonnay grapes. Each ton produces two barrels and makes 25 cases or 300 bottles of wine. If a producer decides to use an expensive barrel, such as oak, the price will increase. Depending on where the wood is sourced, a barrel can cost anywhere between $360 and $3,600. So next time you're wondering how a bottle of wine can cost more than a three-course meal, remember everything it took to get to your table. Also, if you're buying wine that is as much as a three-course meal, uh, please 
let a either a let me know or b buy me dinner <laughs> or, or that glass of wine in fact or that glass of wine it's uh, uh, either way uh, i want some expensive wine in my life if anyone wants to yeah kick net such support there you go uh buy us wine no it's just kidding i'm, I'm just i'm just kidding no, don't buy us wine that's not a thing uh it, it is a thing if you feel so inclined but anyway i won't say no uh but don't go out of your way uh disclaimer ahoy uh, as we continue here on the generic live show for a sunday will australia's new laws stomp out modern slavery People call it, people say jokes about Australia being a slave country, but we still have laws on the books that are still legal when they come to an end. We'll find out as we continue. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Daryl Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. It's 10.33. The story you're about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed. Hold on tight. This is the generic live show. Man, what a chilling bumper. Only the names have changed. My name hasn't changed. Thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as per always. Only the names have changed. My name hasn't changed. I'm still Dale Campbell. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as per always. Uh, now, I don't have my leg open. I'm not prepared. Uh, the headline reads, now it's a very complicated headline because I need the names of change. Uh, the, the, there's, a, there's an interesting quote that was published along with this article when we put it into the run sheet. Uh, the the headline reads, the, the he first headline read, the, the original headline wrote, quote, there were no, uh, hmm, take two, they were left with, hmm, take three, they were left with no money, no food, and were treated no better than slaves. Will Australia's new laws stamp out modern slavery? Hmm, what, a, what an interesting... What an interesting turn of events. Uh, so it's been raining in the Lockyer Valley, which is not really, not really, uh, not really a surprise if you know, if you know the kind of southeast Queensland region at this time of the year. It, it's a deep, it's deep farm, green farmland. So carpeting the region beckons as a place of plenty. Mm, that's an interesting, an interesting setup for the Lockyer Valley. But anyway. But it is here that this vacant pocket of southeast Queensland that former undercover police officer was thought to be running a slavery-like racket involving Pacific Islanders packing produce bound for shelves of major supermarkets. Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. Uh, boy, howdy. Strap in for a big segment of the generic live show, everyone. Dale, Ran Dale rants about... Uh, Dale rants about uh, produce packers. Uh, far North Queensland called and wants its banana farms back. But anyway. And, sorry. Australia called and wants its 457 visas back. But that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. A tip-off about the racket promoted Fair Work Obinspin Inspector Melissa King to launch an inquiry in 2014 which would have been forever alter the way she views the nation's largely hidden problem of human exploitation. Uh, it is inquiries like this that underpin the Terminal government's step last week towards a modern slavery act, a legislative reform that would advocate title 
but which some would fear may fall woefully short of what is needed. Which is fair, but on the flip side of that, it, it's also... It's also, you've got to take into consideration uh, the fact that it's baby steps. You can't have all of the solutions at once. Whilst the extent of the slavery is hard to measure, the 2016 Global Slavery Index suggests that there are 45.8 million people around the world, that's million with an M, around the world who remain victims of this crime from debt, bondage, and human trafficking to forced labor and child exploitation. In Australia, there is at least 4,300 4, people that are said to be enslaved by criminal syndicates forcing them uh, into prostitution, what? prostitution and work. Jesus. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the genesis of Melissa King's investigation was complaints about Queensland's contract labor supplier, Emil Benny, an ex-Papua New Guinea cop with a dark past. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Betty uh, had an imp implicated an industrial timber smuggling operation and allegations of the police corruption a decade before. Now he's suspected of supplying migrant workers, farmers in the Townsville region. Called it. Ba -da -ba -da 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 -da. Called it. That's Arnold Quinzen story. Uh, how did I know that? How? How did I know that? It's like I read the story or something. Uh, only to pocket all or most of the pay and threaten those who complained with violence. Uh, King eventually caught him by convicting his worker to testify against him. This year, a federal court judge fined Benani $227,300, a penalty he is unlikely to ever pay. The judge declared Benny was likely to keep exploiting workers. The experience of Benny's victims still haunts kings. Now, okay. <clears throat> Dale needs a soapbox. First of all, that was me legitimately clearing my throat because I've been talking all day. Uh, but also, this is me wanting a soapbox for two and a half seconds. What is the point of a court trial... If you know that someone's going to keep doing the same things over and over and over and over again. That's the same with the bail system, which I think... I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but the how the bail system needs to be fixed in Victoria because of the attack that happened down there, that the person was released on bail and then um, committed some horrific crime... I don't know if we talked about that. But anyway. Uh, uh, what is the point? He's going to keep doing what he's doing. Because you, you've got... It's like a, it's like a kid. Uh, it's like a kid that has a toy. And has broken the toy. Now, what, what do you do in that situation? What do you do in that situation when a kid breaks a toy... You either, you either do one of two things. You, oh, actually, no. For, scrap that. One of three things. One, you buy him a new toy of the same variety. You, or B, you buy him a new toy of a different variety. Or C, you say, tough biscuits, you broke the toy. Now... C is not a popular opinion at all, but which, which, by the way, yes, I'm comparing children with toys to a criminal. That's besides the point. But, <laughs> again, like I said, besides the point. But you would have to... Uh, uh, uh. Uh, again, sorry, where was I going with that? C is not a popular opinion, but it is an opinion that is taken by some parents. B isn't really that popular, not that I've seen in my experience, although I'm not a parent, so I wouldn't really know. But have have one guess what are the most, most common option out of the three of buy a new toy of the same variety, buy a new toy of a different variety, 
by no toys whatsoever. Have a guess which one's more popular. We're going to go with A on that one. Buy a new toy of the same variety. And the amount of, and also the amount of parents that say, give in to the kids and go, here, have this toy anyway. We'll figure it out. We won't eat a meal or something so you can have your toy. It, it happens. It happens. But apart from that, why, why punish this guy with this if he's going to keep doing the same thing? I don't understand. Just shut down his business. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Hurt him where it hurts the most. Just shut it down. Just go, nah, you're no longer allowed to operate. You're the, you're the, uh, you're the fair work ombudsman. You're allowed to do that. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, an Australian Modern Slavery Act modelled on the UK laws. Wow, that's the second time today that we're going to be following the UK's footsteps on, on laws and things. Hmm. Funny how that works. But, uh, so, uh, where was I going with that? Based on the UK laws uh, of the same name, it is supposed to combat this. Proposed legislation announced last week will compel large companies to report annually on efforts to safeguard supply chains from slavery with details placed on a public respiratory. Okay. In theory... That means supermarkets stocking the fruit of banana workers packed would have needed to audit the farms of which they worked, hopefully detecting and deterring the exploitation. Okay, that's... Sure. Where are we now? Some Australian companies claim to already do this with mixed results, partially with evidence of exploitation being hard to detect. It's that that's probably where that's probably where it's at is what are what are the standards here and how do we how do we manage these standards without uh, having to yeah how do we how do we manage these standards for everyone what's the national standard take for example a winter jacket bought at your local retail chain Ooh, what was that? High-pitched noise. Ugh, that was rough. Uh, the label might say made in Japan, but in pursuit... Excuse me. Uh, pursuit of cheap labor, the fabric might have come from child labor in India, the buttons from a sweatshop in China, and the zipper from Taiwan. Ah, okay, so... What I'm saying is that... It might be assembled in Japan, but not fully made in Japan. Assembled in Japan. <laughs> I want. I wanted. I want a T-shirt that says "Assembled in Japan" on it. Can I? Can I have that? That'd be great. But the, I understand. I understand that that concept. Just last year, Fairfax Media exposed rib curl for supposedly Chinese-made ski jackets that were made in North Korea where workers were routinely exploited. Okay, wait, 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 hold the phone. I'm learning a lot today. A lot on the Genetic Live Show today. I hope you're learning as much as I am. I'm learning a lot. Jumpers are made in North Korea? What? How do they get them out of there? I suppose a plane, but how do they get them out of there? I uh, I don't understand. I don't get it, son. But anyway, I don't understand. I need an adult. Uh, but yeah, that's sure. Okay, huh? That makes sense, huh? Right now, move on. Yeah, uh, Melbourne University research Kate Nickel wants that complex offshore supply chains to expose many Australian businesses to the probability of benefiting from slavery. Most welcome the idea of the Modern Slavery Act with an anti-slavery commissioner to investigate complaints. But as Nickel and others predominantly inquiry this, uh, told a primary inquiry this month, its effectiveness depends on the detail. There you go. Human trafficking expert. Oh. Whoa. Man, I've hit a brick wall. Man, just boom. Brick wall time. 
Uh, Anne Gallagher warns that any act merely tracks onto Australia's existing and poorly enforced human trafficking and workplace laws fall short of explanations. After all, Australia has slavery provisions in the Commonwealth Code, yet according to the government's own figures, 604 trafficking and slavery related cases were investigated or referred to uh, referred between 2011 and 2016, and these seven convictions were made. Okay, moral of the story is that slavery is bad and you should feel bad. No, that's not. <laughs> that's not that. That's not that at all. But I think what what it is, what it is, is is wow. You say the word is three times in a row, you know you're getting really tired. Uh, but what it is is anyway. The point of it is, slavery is bad and it needs to stop. How it's going to stop is a completely different story. I think this patchwork solution of trying to get it so it is, uh, you, know, in, you know, in and out of kind of, uh, uh, in and out of this kind of limbo thing is a little hard, but... Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's baby steps, but I'm actually still surprised that this happens, and it is mainly on packing, on, on mainly on, on food packing industries, because they're cheap labor, and also the, the, with the 457 visa going away, you kind of have to resort to cheap domestic labor. Anyway. As we continue, here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, well, uh, do you love a burger? A burger? We have a burger project for you. It's the burger revolution. So hold on. As we continue, here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as per always. It's We've had our ups, we've had our downs, and now, there you go. That's actually, that actually worked out better than the, than the one earlier, but anyway, we'll move on. Uh, so, uh, do you like a burger? How about a burger? Got a burger in you, <laughs> as they say. Uh, yeah, get a burger in you. The burger revolution has stepped up its notch, as top shelves the fry and the market have become more saturated. With no many choices to offer, we sent out our delicious team, delicious period team, uh, to search the ultimate par uh, party, or party. Uh, so, uh, one person's pickle with another beetroot, especially when it comes to burgers. Whilst we're discussing the American burger revolution down under, New York chef David Chang accused our uh, nation of, I have to do this right, accusing our nation of, there you go, uh, <laughs> up burgers, 
by putting beetroot on it. Yes, David, we love our beetroot on the burgers, but we also love our pickles as well. We love our chicken pickles, chicken pickles, chicken pickles. Uh, American <laughs> giggle theory. What was what was the name of that news site earlier? Giggle, giggle, pickle. Hello, giggle. <laughs> That's <cool>. Hello, giggle. <coughs> Uh, Mary's burger with trash can bacon. Ooh. Let's be honest. There's uh, there's BM before Mary's and AM after Mary's. This Newtown dive bar proved that you'll put up with any amount of unapologetic attitude for a cracking burger. The Mary burger relies on a soft, lightly sweet bun, beef. A lettuce, tomato, onion, American cheese, and Mary's secret sauce. Uh, add smoky barbecues for a true rockin' experience. Okay, next one is Huckster Burger. Uh, if Mary's lead, uh, lead on Sydney's revolution had to say the Huckster Burger leads Melbourne's, you get uh, with a soft bun and Wagyu patties with cheese, lettuce, tomato, mustard, mayo, tomato sauce, and pickles. Add bacon as an extra. Oh. Ben's classic. No altercations for you. Ben. Ben could come soon with the soup. Oh, saying that out there. Uh, so it comes. The Aussie version of American burger. Slams dunk a sweet soft bun with juicy beef patty. American cheese, pickles, lettuce, tomato, onion, mustard, and mayo. Uh, you've got the... Sure, the sure beast that comes on a brush, soft, slightly crusty bun. <laughs> and <laughs> how many guys are just with a soft, slight, crusty bun? Two beef patties, each draped in melted cheese, double bacon, tomato jam, tomato sauce, and mustard mayo. There you go. Oh, I should sing all the ingredients to these. How about that? Let, let's let's start singing. All right. Uh, we've got the Betty's Classic with pickles and onions. Uh, a glistening, soft, oozes cheese melted over eggs patty. Lettuce, tomato, onion, and special sauce. Join the party to deliver a dinner-style meal. We've got the double patty smash. It's got lots of stuff in it. Two balls of brisket. A chuck beef is smashed on the hot plate. Caramelized on the outside. Pink in the middle. Joint batches and a special sort of seeded bun. <laughs> this isn't working. Alright. Okay. Uh, the next one is uh, the Aussie from the Burger Project. They have this. <clears throat> Patties up. <laughs> 100% grass fed cape green beef. Other components simply play a supporting role. Order the Aussie that you get a beef patty, beetroot, cheese, onion, pickles, tomato, lettuce, and a secret sauce. I'm actually noticing that a lot of these have. Uh, a lot of these have. Special sauce on them. Oh yeah, the Royale. Uh, the Royale is South Australia's best. Only one squeeze of the double patty, double cheese, onions, pickles, mustard, the not sauce on a seeded bird in your mouth. <laughs> what? Okay. Bun in your mouth. Alright. Uh, <laughs> Andrew's Beef Burger with a lot. Uh, oh, we should do seductive voice with the last three. All right, let's do seductive voice. Uh, here we go. Uh, wrap your laughing gear around Andrew's burger with the lot. Beef, lettuce, onions, eggs, bacon, tomato, double cheese, and tomato sauce. Amen. Uh, Paul's special with bacon and egg. Yes, we're running long. All right. Uh, stop this. We're running long. Uh... What do we got here? All menu options start with a seeded bun, lettuce, tomato, onions, and tomato sauce. Uh, oh, God, there's a lot more jeepers. All right. Uh, finally, the 
Australia. A Luke Megan's burger venue that flavor chicken does not mean they don't have a few true burgers to try. Patron, uh, patronizism, it's very hard to say seductively, is alive and well. It's this decoratively Aussie venue that sees a grain-fed beef burger patty topped with cheese, bacon, lettuce, tomato, confidential sauce, and Aussie favorites like beetroot and pineapple. There you go. There you go. All right. Thanks for joining us here on the Genetic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for joining us. Uh, there you go. As we continue. Thanks. We'll see you all next week. Bye for now. It's 11.01. This has been a Geekio Media Network production. Copyright 2017.